You are now listening to Tough Gages Podcast. Hello and welcome to Talk Your Jits Podcast. This podcast is, as the name implies, all about jiu-jitsu. I'm your host, Lamar Smith, and today's guest is a blue belt who trains at Victory Jiu-Jitsu Halifax, located in Nova Scotia, Canada. Ladies and gentlemen, Jacqueline Wilson. Hey, Lamar. How's it going tonight? It's going well. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. That's very, very awesome to hear. First and foremost, I would like to extend our gratitude and, um, for being on the show today. Greatly appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to do this and uh, kind of share my story and talk with you a little bit about all about jujitsu. It's going to be, it's going to be a fun session. It is going to be a fun session. It's always a fun session when you get to sit down and talk about jujitsu, right? I mean, really, what else do we want to talk about? Like, let's just talk jujitsu. That's what it's all about. And uh, our lives should just revolve around jujitsu. Actually, I think my life does revolve around jujitsu. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, exactly. That's what we're here for. Um, if you want to give yourself a little bit more of a formal introduction, by all means, and uh, and the floor is yours. Let's hear your story. Sounds good. Yeah. So, uh, thanks for having me tonight. So, I'm a blue belt. Um, got my blue belt back in uh, in June, actually. So kind of a crazy ride. Um, I never would have thought three years ago that uh, my life would be literally revolved around jujitsu. My kids actually started training first. And then one night I was leaving the gym with my oldest and uh, my friend slash coach. Now he says to me, so when are you going to join the gym? And this is like the end of November, like Christmas is coming up. And I I said to him, I was like, you get a women's group going and I'll come try it out. So Mm -hmm. not a word of a lie. Two weeks later, he messaged me and said, hey, I got a women's group starting up January 7th. You in? Ah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I I, I said I would try it. So (laughs) I guess I'm in. (laughs) So uh, I show up January 7th and um, do one class. And I felt like I fell in love. And they knew, right? I think they probably knew right off the bat that I was going to love it. And I'm like the super driven person. I really like I have high expectations. I, I have dreams and I have goals and Anyway, so I do this first class. I was like, oh, wow, that was awesome. Like, I really like that. And like, this is just like learning like basic drills, like just doing the rolls, you know, doing your shrimps and the butt scoots and that kind of stuff. But still, like, absolutely loved it. I loved being on the mats. Um, and then I go back to my second class. It's like, okay, this is fun. Like, we actually did a move and we, I think we did like an arm bar or something like that for my very first thing. I thought, wow, how cool is this? Like, this is pretty empowering. I'm like, I'm, I'm like 130 pounds at the time. And had never, I'm not athletic by any stretch of the means, haven't done anything athletic and doing this arm bar. I was like, this is really cool. I've got a little bit of control. Like I could, you know, I could do stuff with this. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I show up for my third class and this is when like I'm beaming, walking into class. I'm like, let's go. What are we going to learn today? And then our black belt who I trade under, he says, uh, he's there at the end of the class and he says, so how's it going? When can I sign up for the co-ed class? When can I start for the co-ed, for the co-ed class? It's like, come on Tuesday. So a friend of mine, he hooks me up with a gi and I show up on Tuesday night all happy and giddy and ready to go. And then I stop because <laughs> this is like <laughs> the real deal. This is like the adult class where you have to do all this stuff. And I was like, and it totally intimidating with these big guys all around me. But uh, I train with like these guys that I train with are absolutely amazing. And the couple of girls that I train with, they're incredible as well. And they just welcomed me right in. They showed me what to do. Now, Lamar, I got to tell you the story. So mm-hmm. we're going through class. The drills are all cool. I'm like, this is awesome. Well, doesn't it come down to Shark Tank at the end of my first co-ed class? 
I've mm. only done two classes, and I was like, like shitty bricks. And I'm like, what am I supposed to do? And the guys say they can see me, and I'm almost tears and ready to run out of the gym and be like, I'm out. I, like this is not what I signed up for. I didn't sign up to roll. I didn't sign up to do Shark Tank and go into anyways. Um, the four guys who were in my Shark Tank, and at this time there was no other women in the club. It was just me with a whole bunch of guys. They put me into the Shark Tank, and they look at me, and they, I, they, I'm sure they can see me ready to melt, and. Uh, they look at me and they're like, it's all right. You just go in there and we'll just do whatever. And sure enough, um, I think that solidified it right then and there doing the Shark Tank, how much I fell in love with the sport and how amazing it was to feel something totally different and, and uh, doing something that really just challenged you and took you out of, out of your real life and took you away from your phone and on the mats in that instant where you had to figure out what you were going to do next. So that's kind of st my story of how I got in it. It truly was like, it, it was life-saving. Um, that's a whole other, that's, that's another conversation that we can get into, but it was for my mental health. It was uh it was a, an incredible, it's, it's, it was an incredible outlet for me to get into and then going through COVID and everything. So uh, jujitsu is my life now. I'm blue belt. I coach the kids' classes, um, or at least I help coach the kids' classes as well. And then on top of that, I've been helping out with our women's group as well. So um, been it's been an incredible three years to be involved in the sport. Yeah, it, it, it just sucks you right in, doesn't it? Oh, man, if you love it, it sucks you right in. But you, it's like a love-hate because I've seen other people who come in and they're like, yeah, this is not for me. And it's like, yeah. And you kind of know. Like, I don't know about you when you walk in the gym and you have somebody new walk in. You can kind of tell right off the bat if they're going to like it or not like it. Yeah. And um, for people who don't know, um, my, you know, non-practitioner uh, listeners, a shark tank is basically when you uh, you roll with everybody in the class. You take turns. And just, yeah. You just go, 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 go. It's like round after round, depending on how many people show up. So. Um, I don't know how to do it at your school, but at my school, we that's kind of like a our, our like a celeb like celebratory thing. So, um, if it's your like birthdays, anniversaries, any special announcements, um, whatever, we'll do a Shark Tank. Yes, we would be we would do the same, and then on some nights we do Shark Tank on a more regular basis, depending on what's happening, and sometimes we'll divide up into like. A small group with the same size same skill that type of thing and you'll you'll stay down on the mats let's say there's four people in your group then you stay on the mats on the bottom for four for four rounds and then you switch and you go on top and go all the way through so shark tanks look a little bit different depends on who's all in the class like if we've got a bunch of like blue and higher up belts then we'll do it where like everybody's in it and you're rolling with everybody which is really cool because you get to feel a whole bunch of different people and how they move and do all kinds of cool stuff so yeah and then we do them for the birthdays and the anniversary celebrations as well. Yeah. Why would you not? <laughs> I know, right? I remember one year, uh, I got, oh, I think like three Shark Tanks. Like, like back to back. It was one for a wedding. An uh, I think it was, was it my wedding anniversary? I think it was a wedding anniversary. Uh, the announcement of our, me and my wife's second child and my birthday it Whoa. was all like back to back <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. And so it, how many days how many days off did you take after doing three shark tanks in a row because that's pretty rough on the body <laughs> i didn't take any days off because i'm just Ooh. that uh you know hooked on jujitsu i was a blue belt at the time when all this happened too it was it was like 
the first Shark Tank was like at the end of the first week of uh of March. Then like the second one was like towards like the end of March, and then right after that was like my birthday in April. So it was the first two was spread out, but still it was it was, it was like it was one regardless. It was back That's to back regardless. But I love it though. I love it. We haven't we haven't done one in a while. I think that's a. I think some. I might talk to our instructor about bringing back Shark Tanks. But I know if I say something, I'm probably be the first one. <laughs> like, well, since you brought it up, let's go ahead and get it started. You in the middle, so. We did a 40 minute. I turned 40 back in March, and we did a 40 minute Shark Tank for me. So I just went through all eight people, and we just divided the hours, and we or the divided the minutes by 40 minutes, and I just went straight for 40 minutes, no break. It was. It was rough. <laughs> but I, but I bet you felt so amazed after. Oh my gosh, yes, absolutely. And then you go and drink and have a pizza and you're good to go. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. You get you good to go. But um yeah. Yeah, if you want to, I know you mentioned something about earlier about, you know, jujitsu saving your life. Um if you want to talk about it, I would love to hear it and I bet everyone else listening would love to hear it too. Yeah. Um it was just it was kind of crazy. So we had just moved from uh from out west, which is like the Calgary, Alberta area back to Nova Scotia, which was home for us. Um, but it wasn't a smooth transition by any means. It took us a while to find a house and then I had to deal with like a whole bunch of family stuff. My sister and I didn't get along. Um, it was kind of to the point where like her and I weren't talking and I was like, I'm done. Like if we're going to move back here and be with family, but we're not actually talking and we can't be in the same room. It was, it was rough. And then on top of that, I hated my job. Um, I didn't have a team like I wasn't working with people and I really didn't have any friends either when we came back it was just family and really no one to hang out with and you know sometimes you just gotta have some girl time you just gotta like just gotta be with your girls or you just gotta go and hang out with your friends and I didn't have any of that so I really had no camaraderie um no friends to really kind of count on I had nobody to go and drink that glass of wine with at the end of the week other than my husband and my two kids and it was just a lot it was just a lot to have to kind of take in and then when uh when my coach my dad coach asked me like hey you gonna join I was like okay well you know aside from being scared fitless of actually going to do something new but I thought okay well I'll get to meet some new people so um so when I showed up sure enough I mean I've got like this whole entire second family and I'm at the gym <laughs> like six times a week um so that's what I mean by like it just saved my life and then going through COVID because when COVID hit we all went remote right we all started mm -hmm. working from home so I really lost like all that team atmosphere and I'm a very social person like, oh, I want to go out there and I want to go meet with the team and I want to go collaborate with the team and you know have that off the office cooler water cooler chat whatever but I didn't have any of that I didn't have that working remote even before COVID um so so jujitsu was like my place so at the end of the day when I would leave and you know cook the dinner for the family and deal with the kids stuff and all that it's like, I need an outlet. So uh, the gym ended up coming in that outlet. And then on top of that building, some incredible friendships and meeting some incredible people who are there for me no matter what. And they've been through the whole entire jujitsu roller coaster of that up and down of like, I suck, I'm horrible, I'm good, I'm not good, you know, going through all of that. But they've been there through every single step of the way. And, you know, like I've seen myself learn, like I've learned how to be patient with myself and just be kinder and talking to myself that, you know, you, you don't suck at this, like this isn't, this isn't right. But it also helped me in communicating with my family and being able to actually end up staying here because we were close. I mean, I'm not kidding. Like come November of 2019, I was ready to pack up the house and move back out West again, just so I could be back with my friends. So um, it wasn't like a literal saving my life, but it definitely saved us from staying here in Halifax and being close to family because it, gave me that outlet and it gave me a gave me a whole bunch of friends and 
you know, we still connect. I had a girlfriend, um, she moved, she's not with our gym anymore. She moved and she showed up and she shocked me on Saturday. Um, and I literally squealed and jumped into her. She's bigger than me. So I just like jumped. But, you know, it really made me realize how important those friendships are that we build in the gym and the camaraderie that, get, that we get out of being at the gym and the second family. So when I say it saved my life, that's what I mean. I just I created this friendship and these people, this bond with people that I would never want to lose because they really are a second family. I mean, we spend hours upon hours training. They see us at a worst. They see us, you know, being hard on ourselves and then, you know, going through a whole like competing and everything. So um, it's just been that's what I mean. It's just something totally different. It gives you a different drive. It gives you a different challenge to kind of see yourself through those things. Um, and it's you like you have to do that. You have to do that inward work of finding what works for you and what's that balance and being kind to yourself and struggling, but picking yourself back up again when you go through that. So that was kind of my journey about going through everything and then just realizing how hard I am on myself and what the expectation. But at the same time, you have this team that's there to pick you up when you fall down, um, which is just absolutely incredible. And they were all there. Um, my father had some health issues back in September, but they all knew what was happening and they were so supportive and just checking in to make sure that I was okay. And, you know, making sure that on the mats, I was okay. Cause they knew I was struggling to kind of make my way through that. So, um, having, having that second family has been incredible for my support and my mental health and having a team to go and socialize with. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. Like um especially when it comes to me uh i've been training at the same school for five uh for the past five years and i can't like express the level of like bond that i have grown uh to have with a few of the guys at the school um you know like you said they're definitely like your second family we talk every single day we train three four days a week um, we hang out, you know, on the weekends or whenever we can. And, you know, especially during those, like, you know, those dark times, you know, um, outside, of the, outside the mats, because, uh, like, you know, last year I lost my father. Um, oh. It was, you know, a sudden heart attack and it was just wild. But just the amount of love and everything I got from my, you know, from the school, everybody, you know, texting me and calling me. Uh, we had, you know, group message. Um, yeah, we have a group message. So everybody was messaging me on there. Um, everyone who I was talking to every day was, you know, they came over, made sure I was all right, you know, uh, supporting me at the funeral and everything else under the sun. And, you know, I can't thank these guys enough. And, you know, that I feel like that is what makes, um, I guess you want to say jujitsu better, um, especially when you have that, um, that type of love for your, your, your training partners. Yeah. Cause like if, you know, they're going to show you that much love and support on the mats and off the mats, like you can't help but, you know, give it your all and, you know, fall so deep in love with this sport and the people around you. Well, yeah, and that's exactly it. It's ironic because my, my, my father suffered a massive heart attack in September and he has not been the same. And in some ways, the mats have been there for me, like mm -hmm. in so many different ways to deal with that emotional, like I didn't lose him, but I feel like in some ways he did, like we did lose a part of him because he had a stroke after that. So to your point, like that, those are the guys who were there, like they were checking in on me to make sure that I was okay. And they were checking to make sure that he was okay. And if we needed anything and, um, 
it's just, it, I mean, it's such a beautiful sport for that, for that, you know, you have this support system that you never would have thought. And it's such a brutal sport, you know, like we're going out there to try and, you know, <laughs> we're drilling really hard and we're trying these crazy submissions and yet we can walk off the mats and it's the same as competing, right? Like you walk off the mats and you're like best of friends, like the craziest thing ever that. <laughs> in a, like in an instant, like it's in an yeah. instant. <laughs> yeah. You're like, okay, we're best friends again. I'm like, one second you're trying to rip the arm off of each other. And then the next second you're like, all right, that was cool. <laughs> I know. Right. So, it's such a crazy ride, but uh, I wouldn't have it any other way. I don't know about you, but I would oh no, I would not have it any other way, any no. other way. Like um, like I, me and uh, one of my my uh, brothers, uh, we made like a little friendly little wager, because he's a you know he's a strong guy, he's a wrestler, and um, he was always say like no one can get from under him. So we you know we made it like a friendly bet. I know he's gonna be pissed that I called him out on this because I told him I'm gonna be petty about it. So. <laughs> so we made like a, a hundred dollar bet like i have until the end of the year to uh get from under him and it was like me him and like maybe like three four other guys like around that heard it and then you know as of recently we rode i got from under him and you know submitted him so i'm like all right so let me get that let me get that money so he's like nah we ain't shake on it so like from oh i think this has been like two weeks Oh, since it happened and i just been ragging on him like this whole time <laughs> <laughs> all right so i'm curious what was your escape method how did you get how did you get out from underneath him okay so um he like i said he's a wrestler he's a, um he has a good wrestling base he's been wrestling since high school i th- yeah i think since high school and he went for a double leg and he had his his arms wrapped like under my uh under my leg so when he was pushing forward his head came up so i just shot in for a guillotine and uh, then yep. <laughs> so then when he tried to like i guess roll out of it i rolled with him and ended up on top trying to finish you know the, the guillotine on top but he's strong so we rolled again so now i'm back under him and then i locked my legs and finished it uh, so sweet yeah so like i'm a i'm a pick on him i don't care about the money I just, I just, I just like having that, just that little bit over him. Because <laughs> like he would, you know, he was one of the guys that would give me like my, you know, my toughest roles because yeah, because of his size and because of how strong he was, it will always be so frustrating, you know, to not, not at him, but at myself. Cause it's like, man, you know, at this level, there's a lot of stuff you should not be getting caught in. Um, You should be so much better just being a little bit hard on myself, but I really can't be that hard because he knows my game because we train together and vice versa. And we, you know, we have our back and forth moments, but I guess this one was a little bit different because um, I'm getting ready for this tournament in January. So I've been just busting my hump like extra hard these last couple months. And I, to me, I just, it felt so good getting that submission. It could have happened to anybody, but you know, I got that submission and it just felt so good. But yeah, I still love him for him. I'm still ragging on him to this day. So I know he's going to be pissed I, when this episode comes out, but I don't care. <laughs> I don't care either. Thanks for sharing that. But you know what? I think it's funny because it's funny that you should say that. Because um, when you're telling me the story, I was thinking on like Saturday, I was in the gym. And again, like I'm 130 pounds. So, um, and a newer blue belt, like I said, right? So I'm going against this guy who's 200 and probably 220 pounds. And I, he gets, he's trying to get out of my clothes guard. So he get picks himself, he gets himself up 
and I actually got him down. Like I was able to like spread it. Like I was able to get him down on the ground. So he ended up falling down on his back. But Lamar, like I actually like I I screamed. I was like, yes. And I, <laughs> and I felt horrible because of course it's supposed to be like a very humbling sport and you're supposed to like stay calm. But you know what? When you go through those moments like you do with your buddy and you escape uh, from underneath him, like those are big, like those are big moments. Because if you're not totally getting out from under there and then like you've got to celebrate those like huge accomplishments. So Buddy, you gotta pay Lamar up. You gotta pay him his hundred bucks, like that. <laughs> <laughs> or else you just continue to be razzed for the next fifty years. Oh, it's going. And I'm, I am that petty. I am that level of petty to do so. But you know, in the end, it it was like a motivational thing because um, I was, I think, yeah, I was still a, I was still a purple belt uh, when we made that bet, and training was kind of going iffy um i wasn't like there mentally but i just kept when i realized like when i kept looking at the calendar i was like oh man <laughs> i i'm like it's something coming up and then i just went randomly one day um one of our uh one of our white belts was like hey lamar don't you and comey got a bet co- uh bet in uh soon and I was like, oh, snap, we do got that bet. <laughs> so I had to kick it up. It was like, I didn't want to pay him no $100 because he had never let me hear the end of it. So I had to I had to get it before he got me. But, it, I mean, I, I can't say it did help me get a lot better because it did push me to not, quote, unquote, lose his bet. But, you know, I got better in the end. So I guess I yep. can tell him thank you for that. <laughs> we don't have to go there, though. We don't have to say that. <laughs> I mean, it's already said, but like he, he knows, though. He knows. <laughs> he knows. But it does. It's such a confidence builder when you can like when you have that like that little teen like that small success moment. It's such a confidence builder. And I don't know like it's interesting because jujitsu, like I said, it's such a roller coaster ride because you can be on this crazy high where everything is really going well, and then you start going down the roller coaster. And like you said, like I, it's funny because you said something about um, that we shouldn't be getting caught in those certain moves at certain levels. And I disagree with that because we are training with the same training partners on a regular basis. So they're going to catch us in certain things. But even as our blue, as we grow in our journey, we're still going to get caught with something because somebody else might be stronger. They may be bigger, or maybe they have a move that they've actually looked up online to see how can I catch this person in this move? Cause they're good at it. So it's all part of it. It's all part of this like problem solving, putting the piece together. Where's that scramble going to end up? Um, but it's the roller coaster ride of like the ups and downs of going through it. Your confidence is really good. And then you start coming down. And I don't know, like when you think about when you look at your journey, this is what I really noticed when I start tanking and I feel like I'm not doing very well, or I should just go back to being a white belt. Cause I'm like, how did I miss that? Or how did I, how did I, you know, why am I not being able to do that? And I always find, and this is for anybody who's like, I'm going to say this because I think anybody who's starting out in a white belt level needs to hear this, but you'll get to this point where you're like, oh, I'm killing it. And then you go down and then you're in this like rut of nothing's working. You can't submit anybody. You're not hitting the moves that you want to hit. And then all of a sudden you go through all of that of making yourself feel like you're not worthy or that you shouldn't be doing that. And then all of a sudden this light bulb moment comes on and you go back into the gym and everything's working and you're, you know, you're rolling at a higher level than what you were before you went through that so i don't know i don't know if that's just me but like that's something that i've really noticed is that i you know i can go on this really great high and then i tank and then i come back and i'm way stronger than what i was when i was having my high so uh i'm curious to get your thoughts on that like have you noticed that in your journey or is that just something that i've noticed for myself um too many times to count to be perfectly honest with you um yeah we'll 
you know, we'll get those moments where, you know, we can go to practice. We go to training every single day and leave it all, you know, just push and push and push and push. And yeah, you'll you'll have those moments where it's like, damn, I'm I'm not missing class. I'm doing everything that I'm, I I know I can do. But yeah, I'm I'm super sucking right now. So you just kind of <laughs> you just kind of hit that. You know, you, you kind of plateau a little bit. Yes. Yeah. But, you know, at the same time with you doing jujitsu so long, even if it's for a couple months, couple years or whatever, if you keep going, like, you know, once you get that first time where it's like, okay, if I know if I keep going, it's going to get better. I'm going to get over this hump. It's like, you can, you can kind of expect those moments again. Cause they're, you know, they're going to happen. Cause you're, you know, you're only going to get, you're only going to get better and your team is only going to get better. So it's, it, you're always going to have those tiny little moments where it feels like you're stagnant because you're you you're rolling with someone this whole single time you know this whole time and you're still i guess you say like you know making the same mistakes and so on and so forth blah, blah blah but you know you have to understand like yeah they're training just as hard as you so once you figure out your plateau and you push past it and then you get better is you know it it gonna it's gonna happen i know i kind of like rambled a little bit but yeah you you everyone hit those everyone has those moments yeah. It's crazy when you start realizing when you go through that, when you're plateauing and then you have to go through that, you have to go through that and figure it out. And it's uh, it's such a crazy ride. Very crazy. I think it's really interesting too, like just being a female in the sport and there's so few of us in the sport, of course, like when I go in, there's me and one other, and then um, every once in a while I'll get like a new, a new person come in. But uh, one of my favorite things about training now is, with working from home and I'm going to shift, I'm shifting a little bit over to like the self-defense side of things of what makes it so much more fun mm-hmm. is that if I have somebody come into the house um, to do like, like fix the laundry machine or whatever, you know, like those repair guys or the cable guys, I love being able to like watch them come in the door and like eyeing them be like, all right, you're inside. <laughs> I can do this. Like, okay. So if this guy does anything, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z and he'll be done. <laughs> <laughs> It's so much fun, like looking at like I people. Like, All right, but you know what? Even it's, it's even better because now, like, I can walk through a parking lot and not feel like I'm in constant danger. Or you know, if somebody were to come up behind me, I know what I'm going to do. Like, I I have like some tools in my bucket, so to speak, to be able to like. All right, you're going down. I'm going to knock you out. <laughs> you know, like it's so impa- it's such an empowering ability from a self defense perspective for women to be able to go in there and know, okay. I can protect myself now because before I never would have felt that like three years ago, I never would have known what to do in that situation. And I'd be, you know, I'd be the victim right now. I exactly. And it's, and it's funny. Cause I've done that too. Like even, you know, even being a guy, you know, my size, I'll just be walking and I'll see somebody's like, yeah, I could take that guy. Yeah. Like if I, you know, if I get into a scuffle with this guy, what would I have to do? And blah, 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 blah. But it's, you know, like you said, it's not to like brag or anything. It's just that, you know, it helps you find that confidence in yourself. Exactly. Yeah. It's like the ability to walk taller and not have to feel like you're, I don't know. It's just so, it's such a great feeling to know that you have a little, little bit of protection in there. I mean, there's still somebody that could still catch you off guard and whatever, but I do love having that self-defense bucket now that I can do that. And even better being able to share that sport 
with a my kids but also with other women out there and encouraging them to come in and see like it's not that scary and you know rolling with different people isn't that scary but uh but being able to share that is one of my passions like when we look at my journey going forward it's all about sharing sharing the sport and getting other women involved and whether they want to do it hardcore like I am or if they just want to come in twice a week and just learn something just come in and learn something take yourself away from your cell phone take yourself away from the house you know from everything else that's going but just come in and learn something new to protect yourself for something yeah and um and it's awesome you know it's awesome to hear that from you because um i've had um i was kind of like going through my list while you were while you were talking i think i maybe had like five or maybe six female jujitsu practitioners come on and you know, it's all been, you know, it's kind of all been the same, you know, talking about how, you know, how much confidence it gave them and how much it helped them mentally and, you know, you know, overcoming a lot of their fears as a female and just hearing how tough you, how tough you guys are. It's, it's amazing. You know, it's amazing. And I, and I love it. I love it. I love to hear it. And, um, I was talking to one of our white belts, his, you know, his mom, you know, his mom drops him off and come picks him up and, she comes in towards like the end of class and she would like, you know, sit and watch and, you know, they'll leave. And I kept, I keep asking her like, you know, when you going to join class mm-hmm. and she's like, Oh no, 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 no. It's not, it's not, it's not for me and blah, blah, blah. But I'd be like telling her like, you should really try it. Like you should really, really try it. And you know, you guys are, you know, witnesses, you know, everyone who's listening are witnesses to like these, you know, you know, women who come on the show who, that's you know who's not athletic who's not into anything extreme but they do jujitsu and they compete and they're rolling with guys two three times their size and you know and just like asking for more it's it's awesome it's amazing here (laughs) yeah it's really crazy like i'm in the gym oh my gosh this is my like I, i haven't been in the gym much this week but uh i'm usually in the gym three nights a week plus a saturday morning rep and roll and then on sundays i do the kids class but I'm one of the only females up there. On, I am the only female that's there four or five times a week. Um, but to your point, like I'm rolling with the guys who are 250 pounds who are competing. Um, and I and it's so much fun. Like I wouldn't have it any other way of doing that because they challenge me in so many different ways. And rolling with them is so different and having to deal with the different hooks. And then you go and roll with a couple of different girls and they're they're different because they're their, their movements are different, but at the same time, you can see how energetic and how passionate they are about it as well. Um, but man, do I ever love going into the gym and I can't wait because tomorrow night's my first night back in the gym since Saturday morning. And I'm just creating, you know, like, I don't know about you, but you get like edgy, just like, damn, I need to get in the gym. I want to get into the gym. I want to go and do something and learn something new. And my new favorite one right now um, is the bow and arrow choke. And Ooh. it was funny because I was landing there. I was getting to like the bow and arrow choke a lot lately. Um, and they were laughing at me because they're just like, well, why are you not finishing the move? I was like, what do you mean? What move? <laughs> they, they're like, well, the bow and arrow choke. What are you talking about? Lamar, I had like the gripping for the for the lapel. And they're like, well, you have it right there. Like you're bringing your shoulder back. I was like, okay, so what's your point? Like, where's the bow and arrow choke? And they're like, grab the knee. <laughs> right. Grab, grab that. Grab the pant leg. Grab by the knee and rear back. <laughs> and go back. I was I totally missed it and I'm not even kidding I've missed it for probably like two months and I've been going in for this lapel choke trying to figure out like what do I got here what am I playing with and then all of a sudden they're like okay seriously just grab the knee <laughs> so, right 
<laughs> like, like the guys are just so good. And they just laugh at me for my silliness, but it's just the lack of knowledge, right? That sometimes you just don't realize you have that next move. And that's where the guys come in and you have been, you know, the purple and the brown belts and they laugh at you for a second and then they walk you through it. But yeah. it all goes back to that super fun team camaraderie and dealing and rolling with those guys who are there for you the entire way. So, but, uh, and I think like for any female looking for anybody new, who's listening to this podcast, I think when you go into the gym, you want to make sure that you have that comfort zone. You know, if you've got a couple, you know, you want to look for the guys who are being supportive and the girls who are being supportive, who are coming over and introducing you to in, introducing yourself and, you know, see what see what they're doing. And then for the ones, for the moms, like that's always the way it is though. Hey, like the encouraging, I forgot where we were going with this. I think I got off tangent, but anyways, cause I oh, get excited. Sorry. I just love talking about it, but, um, <laughs> but like the mom that was, that was coming in that you were trying to encourage, I find it takes so long for them to, to realize that it might be something that they would actually want to do. Cause it looks so intimidating when you watch us on the mats, it's, it's, you know, you got sweat pouring down your face and you're doing these crazy moves and you're putting people in guillotines and they're tapping. Like it's, <laughs> it's kind of scary when you think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, if you tell them to come out to a women's group or come out and do something, I think like the more power to them just to come out and try it and do something amazing for yourself. Cause really, I mean, I was not a runner. I wasn't working out at home. I maybe walked a couple of kilometers once a week and that type of thing. So I wasn't doing anything, but it's uh it's quite the sport and i would encourage any if you're just even just sitting in the chair if you're like that kind of looks like fun but it's kind of scary go do it go do something scary go and participate and go try it out because in the end i guarantee you you're probably going to end up loving it you're going to end up loving it yeah yeah so um what else did you want to talk about this is a super fun conversation is there anything else you wanted to ask or talk about um yeah i was going to ask um do you do you compete I have competed. I've competed twice uh-huh. at a white belt level, um, and I hated it. I hated every second of the actual competition. Um, I love the lead up to it. I love like I love the working out. I love the eating right and training and putting all my effort into it. But the day of the competition, I absolutely hated it. And <laughs> I and I will preface all of this. I hate losing. Um, <laughs> I mean, who doesn't? But uh, I ended up going to my first competition and uh, I tanked. I was not ready. I should have never gone. I felt like I was probably ready, but I was not ready by any stretch of the means and uh, lost my first two matches. And it really sucked. I started my first competition and I had to go against one of the girls that I had been training that I that actually trained out of our gym. Um, and she had been training for like two years ahead of me and she smashed me in the gym on a regular basis. Um so that was not a very good confident builder, let alone going into competition. But I did it anyways. And then I went into my absolute match and my absolute match, the match that I did not care about. I was like, if I win, I lose. It's not a big deal. I'm going against like a chick who's 160 pounds. Um, I lost that match, but I did way better. Like I found my confidence. I found my, gro- my groove and everything. Um, and I think part of that too was the fact that I was training with guys who were 160 to 100, like to 215 pounds. So maybe that's what helped the, uh, the nerves on that, but, uh, not, I'm not competing anymore. Um, it's definitely not my, not my, <laughs> I don't enjoy it. My, even the second one that I did, um, uh, I lost all my matches, but it was, it's the experience that you get out of it. And I swear it made me a better practitioner in the fact that I learned what I needed to work on. Um, so maybe someday I'll compete again, but 
I absolutely hated the day of and the adrenaline dump that I get afterwards, like just cried for hours for no reason. Like I was actually proud <laughs> of myself for the fact that I actually went and did it. But like at night, by the time the kids went to bed and I kind of had a chance to like think about the day, I just cried and cried and threw up and cried and threw up and cried. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't think competing is really for me, but um, I do recommend it. I think it's a great experience to go out there and try it. Um, and maybe now, maybe I would consider it in the next in the next year. I always said I wanted to do one gi competition because I've done two no gi competitions, and I always said a gi competition would be right would be more up my alley. Um, but it would take a lot of guts to have to go back up there and do that again. <laughs> uh, I, I think you got it. I think you got it in you. I don't know. We'll see. I'll let you know in six months if there's one. That... <laughs> oh yes, by all means, please let me know. Please let me yeah. know. But um, maybe one where I'm not in my hometown where everybody's watching. I don't like an audience either, so that's kind of interesting. So maybe if I was out of province and doing it where nobody knew me, and I was just went in there and <laughs> did it. But uh, but yeah, I'll prep anybody for a competition. I'll coach them. I'll scream at them and say you got to do this. And uh, I love that side. Of, I I love the supporting side of it and watching my teammates competing. Definitely, I don't think I. Maybe I don't know. I have to go back and uh, kind of um, listen, re-listen to the episodes myself. But I think everybody who came on came on the show, their first competition was like horrible. Like not only did they lose, they just lost in like a, you know just lost in a bad way. Yeah. And it's like damn, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> and we still go out and do it. Which is absolutely crazy. We Which is absolutely in insane. Yeah. I don't think you could ever prepare yourself for that first competition. Like, I don't know about you, but I remember going in there and being like, okay, it can't be that bad. But then you forget. It's like, oh my God, you have to breathe and you have to do takedowns and you got to do this and you got to do that. And everybody else is watching you and the ref is watching you. Like, it's such a, I don't know how these UFC fighters do it. I don't know how they do it every week or like how they go out and compete because the nerves that yeah. go with it, you know? But I guess it's just, you know, after you get that first initial one out out of your system, and it's like, huh, okay, it's not that bad. Because that's that's the second one one wasn't as bad as the first, but uh, like I said, I don't like losing, so (laughs) I don't want to go to another one and lose. That's that's all part (laughs) of jujitsu, though. You You don't really lose, you learn. You win or you learn. Yeah, that's very true. I would agree with that. And I would tell anybody else that, but I do not like to. <laughs> <laughs> Losing sucks, but, you know, you still you still learn. But, yeah, when I did, because I, I was never um, the competitive type, well, jujitsu competitive type, rather. But, I don't know, I just decided to do a tournament um, last year. And it was it was for uh, Tap Cancer Out. It's an awesome, yeah. awesome organization, um, and I can talk about them for hours. Uh, real cool, you know, real cool people, um, and the people that was there representing them was very, very top-notch, and, you know, wish these guys all the success in their future tournaments, but, yeah, we were, I was there, I was I was stupid early, you know, got to see the kids, um, the kids class, I mean, not the kids class, but the kids compete, which was, you know, so amazing, and then when it got to uh, the Purple Belt uh, Masters uh, division, it was only me and one other guy that showed up. So it was like, okay. And then when I saw the guy, 
I was like, oh shit. <laughs> 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 Super strong guy. And it was just like, all right, man, this is about to be wild. This is I'm like this is what I got on my first experience out as a tournament. All right. But yeah, he was incredibly strong and you know, I, I lost quick twice you know, both um both matches. But it was just like damn. I don't know why, I, like, I didn't know what to feel about it then. I was like, okay, <laughs> am I upset because I didn't win? Is it I'm upset that, you know, it went the way that it did? Like, what am I feeling right now? And I couldn't figure it out until I got in the car. I was just like, damn, I want to do this again. <laughs> like, I want to pull him to the side, just get a couple more rows in just, just because. Yeah. So... Yeah, so I just kind of made it my my goal this year is to do like a minimum of three tournaments this year. Wow, good for you. Yeah, I know it's crazy. It's so crazy to me thinking about that because I was like, yeah, I'm gonna just do one in January, and you know, just leave it at that. But then I'm just like steady looking for tournaments that's coming either to Detroit or somewhere in the surrounding area. And I'm just looking. I was like, okay, if I can do this one in January, I can do this one by March, April esque. Oh, this one's in June, so they give me plenty of time. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, what, what, are, what are we doing here? Like, just slow down, Turbo. But yeah, I, I love jujitsu that much. Yeah, I love it though. Like, you're pushing yourself. You're trying to see how well you'll do against other people, and you're testing your skills out with a whole bunch of different people. Um, and it's all part of the journey, right? Like everybody's journey is so different for how they want to go with it when they do it. And that's what I, I'm kind of curious about. Like if I was to go and compete now at a blue belt, what it, what would it be like? Where am I at now in comparison to where I was in that journey? But I say kudos to you to go and do three. And I'm curious, are you doing gi or no gi? Now that's where the that's where I'm on the fence about because I'm for sure doing gi. But they mm -hmm. do have a gi and no gi uh, bracket there. So I'm debating if I'm going to do both. Now I'm curious when they are they doing it in the same day? So you do ghee in the morning and no ghee in the afternoon, or is it like Saturday Sunday type thing? No, ghee? it's it's all one day. Oh, right, uh, right, <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, and it's funny because when you think about it, we roll harder than that in a class. Yeah, at the end, right? And like we do open mats, but it's such a different experience for. Like the adrenaline dump is so different when we're at, when we're competing versus in the open mat. I would say do it. Just go and do it. I mean, you're already there anyways. So go and have fun. Do gi and yogi and test yourself and see how well it goes. And it doesn't matter. Like you said, it's when it's win and learn, right? So you're yeah. walking away with thing. And you can say like, who else does that? Like really, when you look at the number of competitors, there's so few of us who put ourselves in that situation. So if you have the opportunity, I say do it. Push yourself. And go have fun. Yeah, I got to I got to talk it over with the wife because, you know, she I know she wants to she she's going to want to be there. And, you know, we have yeah. two little kids um, who's seven and two. And I don't think they're going to be thrilled about the idea of being there all day. That's fair. So yeah. it's like, ah, I think I think this one I'll do gee. And then if there's another, you know, when I do another one, if there's a gee and no gee, I'll probably do both. But that will probably be the one I'll just be. Like just me and my training partner so that way I don't have to worry about them being there and being, you know, aggravated because we've been there so long and I could just really, really focus on, you know, both uh both brackets. Yeah, that's fair. 
Absolutely. Yeah, so I think I might. Yeah, I think I'm just gonna do it that way. All right, there you go. You settled. You're yeah, just- so we got it. We figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> but um, is is your is your school is it a competition school? Um, no, not really. Um, we I would say it's more of a family friendly gym. We do have guys who compete. Um, who are going like who did? We had a guy who competed on the weekend. And then we have about four or five others who compete on a regular basis. So while we have advanced classes, I would say, but we, I wouldn't say we're like the competitive school, but um, we do have guys who compete. Same here. Same here. Yeah. We're not a um, competition school. Um, you know, we, it's, we're strictly like pure martial arts, self-defense uh, type school. We do have um, two MMA fighters currently um at our school but other than that i'm probably like the only one that's like i guess you want to say like the compet you know com you know the the competitor at the school besides um another student who i'm trying to get him on the show but he's you know he had moved to atlanta and he's doing amazing things over there i think he's at um american top team oh wow in atlanta so yeah he's you know he's definitely definitely showing his ass and you know i'm i'm very proud of the, proud of him because he's he's a very very smart very strong guy and he's very very technical so i've been trying to catch up with him to get him on the episode and see how his uh his training has been going but, that would be um, super cool to hear back from him oh uh, yeah i know yeah. right i know right he was like kind of one of the one of the first ones i was thinking about because you know his intellect is just amazing when it comes to jujitsu and every time I would mention, I'm like, hey, dude, you're, you're available. He's like, no, nah, I'm traveling this week. I got something for work this week. And I'm like, damn it, man. But I'm going to I'm gonna get him hopefully before the year is out. Um, so, but, yeah. It would be good. It would definitely but. be good. <laughs> yeah, that's a tough one. But, yeah, it's, um, it's interesting how the schools work. You know, you have those competitive schools who are all about compete, compete, compete. And then, thankfully, we have these more friendly gyms where you have half, like, a mix. Like, you can still get your, you know, you can still get the really good guys who want to go compete or the girls who want to compete. But uh, I think that's probably why I love our gym so much is that it is a friendly gym. And if you want to go compete, great. If you don't want to compete, then there's no pressure on you. You don't do that at all. Right. And I think that's the way it should be. Yeah. And we have a few kids. Like, we have a really good, solid kids um kids group and some of them compete and go and then they go and have fun and we've got a few adults who do it so but there's no pressure like come in and learn and develop your skill or go and compete and see what happens so which is really cool yeah and i and i yeah i definitely feel like that's the way that uh it should be that's that's the way school should be um no pressure on anybody um if they're can they if they want to compete fine you know work with them on that aspect and realm if they just want to do it as a hobby and get in shape and just learn something new also cater to them as well so exactly it's, yeah you know, and, you know it's funny because i'm super competitive and i would have thought you know after going through the comps that that'd be something that i would want to do but my journey has totally changed and now my journey really kind of looks more like helping out and getting a women's group going and getting that started because i love being i love doing the supporting side of things and i love coaching and guiding and advising mm-hmm. um 
and I love being in our kids like I'm in our kids our kids class that we have and I'm usually there helping out with coaching so there's four or five of us helping out with these kids classes because we've got 20 to 30 kids who are usually going through it Mm. but I love that side of the journey of being there and seeing the kids faces and seeing them get excited about the move or helping them understand what the move or like the body movement is doing and where we're going with it and that to me right now like that is that's right. Like that fills my heart is watching and even watching my two boys because they do it with me as well. So they go to kids class with me and seeing them t- participate in that and growing the sport from their side of things. And they go to the school and they're talking about it and they're like, oh, my mom's doing this. And it's like it's such it's like the best experience ever to be able to have that with the kids, but also being able to see um, to see the kids faces grow when they're developing something. And they're like, oh, we did this a few weeks ago. And like that next move just kind of makes more sense to them. Um, so it's been like, that's been kind of my journey lately of getting away from the more competing side and being there more for everybody else and encouraging those who want to go and compete and um, watching them, watching them kind of just excel and doing what they're doing, do best. So, yeah, I, and <laughs> it just made me realize something too. Um, So I got my uh, brown belt back in October Nice, was congratulations. Like, Thank you. It was that first, oh, yeah, that first week of October. I think it's just been a little over a month now as a brown belt. But, <coughs> excuse me. Um, I was talking to my instructor. Um, but we've like we've talked about this so many like so many times about, you know, the future of our you know the future of our, of our school and um me you know hopping into that that um instructor role. At, at the school because i you know i'll i'll do kids class May, you know majority of the times i'll do kids class but you know there's been you know a few times where i'll do the adult classes and then i would um try to put classes together as much as i possibly can and you know we were talking about the whole you know opening school aspect and i was like well if that's the case i feel like me competing would be kind of like that that i want to say like publicity that i need but I feel like if I had something to show that I'm actually doing this stuff and it, it, it would just feel like it'd be a lot easier for me to be able to open a school. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. And I was just like, oh, wow. You know, in two years, I'll be hopefully, you know, I'll be testing for my black belt. And it's like, OK, wow. What would like what's next? Like, I have to think about the what's next right now. I've just been focusing on you know, training, getting in shape, getting better at jujitsu, not really looking at the belts and not looking at the uh, stripes. But now it's like, holy shit, I have <laughs> I have one more test to take because, <laughs> um, yeah, after my brown belt test, uh, you know, I talked to my instructor. He's like, yeah, one more. And I was like, what? yeah. And I was like, oh, damn, <laughs> this is this literally I have one more, you know, promotion test to take and then that's kind of it in a sense i was like okay now i have to figure yeah right it's crazy to even think about that because if you you know sat down and have this conversation with me you know four even five years ago was like dude you're you know you're going to be getting your black belt soon i wouldn't believe you no like you could show me you could have showed me pictures videos and everything i'm like man get out of here yeah there's no way there's no way but yeah, just, you know, you start thinking about that, like what comes next and, you know, uh, with me really being in love with the sport, trying to incorporate uh, jujitsu in every in every aspect of the way, 
um, the thoughts of opening the school and teaching full time. And, you know, I guess it's just that been that that drive and that motivation. I'm like, yeah, I need to start doing shit. And I need to start doing stuff now so that when I do open a school, I have a little bit of a little bit of a name for myself. And my jujitsu will be. I guess a, a lot better, um, you know, where, you know, a lot better than it is now. Right. But that's like, that's such an interesting thing. Like what an interesting comment though, because I don't know about you, but when I'm coaching and I'm teaching the kids, usually that's when the light belt, like that's, what's made me a better jujitsu practitioner is actually being able to teach and then take, take what I've taught over onto my own skills. Cause I'll be teaching them like, Oh, dang, that's why we do that. Or like, that's why we do that movement. And then I'm like, okay, then I can take that into my role or to my drilling. So I'm curious, like, if by, like, you keep saying you want like to be a better jujitsu, like to have your better jujitsu, but is it going to come, is your jujitsu actually going to get better by the more you're teaching it, the more you have your classes. And if you're doing it full time, that's when your jujitsu level is going to totally change is by teaching it on a more regular basis, because you're having to vocalize it. You're having to verbalize it to the people that you're teaching. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't I can't take away from teaching because, um, yeah, I, you know, honestly, yeah, teaching has been, you know, the best learning moments, especially in kids class, because, you know, the way that I conduct kids class, we will do a um, a single single technique. So just say if we work in triangles that day. I, you know, I break down the triangle. So we learn the entry and then we learn the arm position and we learn the leg position. And then we, you know, we just continue to break it down. And then towards the end of class, we just flow it all together. And then if, you know, if they get stuck, it's like, okay, I can't, they, if they can't seem to figure out a part, it's like, okay, what part are you talking about? Yeah. And then, you know, we're able to fix it from there and then continue to go. And then when I started to incorporate that into the adult class, it definitely opened my eyes up to a whole lot more yeah. because I can break it down a little bit more, you know, in more depth because, you know, if we're, if I'm working a triangle, what if the guy is bigger than me? What if the guy is smaller than me? What if his arms are longer? What if his shoulders are wider? What if he stands up? What if he twists this way? What if he twists that way? And we get those because we know as adults, um, we're not just going to just lay there and just let the triangle happen. We're going to try to fight it. We're going to try to resist it. So we get those questions that come up like, okay, what if they do that? So you have to figure out and break it down right then and there. But yeah, it, it definitely has helped me understand and develop a whole lot more of my own game and understand jujitsu yeah. a whole, whole lot more. Yeah. I absolutely love it for that reason. It's such a different game when you start teaching and start watching the breakdown of it. So, um, but yeah, but that's really cool. Like, I, I'm really excited for you that you're going to that you're thinking about, like, opening up your own school and, you know, your black belt is a few years away. But you got a few years. You got a few years. Before you yeah. Get black belt. Yeah. I, you know, it's it's not like I'm I'm not counting the days out. Um, I think I stopped <laughs> doing that back at like I think I was like a two stripe blue belt Um, when I was like, dang, you know, I'm not getting when the next time I'm going to get striped and blah, blah, blah. I think yeah. at that point I was like, I just like training. I just like showing up. <laughs> <laughs> you know so it's like yeah it's like you know back then it's like you'll see someone get striped and you're like damn man that should have been me and then <laughs> it was like you know it turned to that it was like hey you know lamar you're getting striped it's like all right, all right that's cool i'm happy and then you know we we get class going or it'd be the end yeah. of class it was like okay i'm happy and then i'm ready for the next class so 
Yeah. yeah, it's funny how that transition happens. Like when you're a white belt, it's like, oh my God, I just want that blue belt. Like, when's it going to happen? When's it going to happen? And you're like, you're pushing, you're striving, you're pushing, and you're like, but then I got my blue belt. I was like, okay, well, nothing has really changed. Mm-hmm. Like my skills, my skills are getting better, but nothing, like now it's, now it truly is. It's showing up because I'm, I love it so much. I don't care about anything else. I don't care about the blue. It, you know, it doesn't matter. Like, I know I want my purple belt. The brown belt would be amazing. Um, but like that want for like the stripes or that care about the stripes and that belt, it's not there anymore. And I was just like, that's so weird um, that it just kind of went away. Now it's just like, whatever, we're going to go and have fun and drill and see what's going to happen with this move. Or let's just go and enjoy the journey, so to speak. So, but it is funny how that kind of goes away. Like we're all about the stripes. We're all about the blue belt. And then it's like, who sticks around after they get their blue belt is the other question. Um, yeah. But uh, no, it's uh, it's one heck of a ride. But I love, I do love my blue belt though. She's so pretty. <laughs> <laughs> so proud of that blue belt. Um, but yeah, like the want for the stripes has kind of gone away. And it, we take forever. Like we we train under we're on, we're under Gracie Gym, so uh, our professor waits until we're like well past the blue. So we actually don't test, which is really interesting. I've always been curious to know more about this whole entire testing side of things because. We don't test. We just get it when our professor feels like we're ready. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's kind of different. So you never know when you're actually going to get it. You know, you don't actually get to test for it. You don't know where you are in the <laughs> in the the guidebook or whatever you want to call it, or in his head for where he feels like you should be. So that's kind of an interesting piece. So you never know. Like, okay, I can do X, Y, and Z, and I can beat this person. But anyway, it just I just um, it's funny because when I was a white belt, it was all about the white. It's all about blue, and when I'm going to get at my stripes and now it's like meh, whatever. Just go and show up and have fun and enjoy the enjoy the ride. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, um, I've talked to a couple people that um that either became a blue belt or purple or whatever, and I asked them like, you know, do you guys do you guys test or do you, you know what's your criteria when it comes to um your promotions? And I you know I've seen videos online where um they'll you know they'll do a, a promotion test like we do and some don't it's just like okay hey you've been you know you've been busting your hump you've been here for you know the i guess the minimum two years on what well, depending on the school but you know you've been doing what you're supposed to have been doing you know here's your blue belt or here's your purple belt and so on and so forth which you know there's nothing wrong with that um but yeah it's it's been it's been you know exciting to hear other people's like you know how did they get their blue belt or what did they you know what was their requirements and testing and stuff like that but I I love our tests. So when it comes to our tests and our our uh, system under uh, Master uh, Master Joe Moera, uh, we have to um, know our principles and rules. Um, we have to know our you know our snakes or shrimps. So we know some schools call them what they're used for, how they you know how they're properly used. Um, then we have to show a set number of techniques. It goes up. Uh, depending on how many, uh, depending on your belt, I think. Don't quote me on this because I completely forgot. Okay. Um, I believe for blue belt it's ten. Ten from top, ten from bottom. You know, uh, ten from side, so on and so forth. Right. Yeah, and I think it goes up like five for purple, and so on and so forth. And then the yeah, so you have the yep the tech no. I'm just trying to blank because it's it's just so much. Uh, yeah. So rules and principles, and then our um, 
you know, technique. And then we have our MMA slash self-defense portion of the test. Okay. So uh, at Blue Belt, it's uh, you get a one-on-one standing, uh, someone in guard, someone's in mount, in turtle, and back and side. And you have to use just strictly jujitsu to uh, defeat your opponent. And okay. then we have like a sport, little sport role after. For purple and brown and black, it's the same thing, but it's longer test. And we actually have to do two two on one self defense uh, portions. So oh you have goodness. two, yeah, yeah, two people, you know, throwing punches and kicks. You can, you know, you can throw strikes, but you have to be able to defend yourself doing jujitsu. Right. So yeah, our test is brutal. <laughs> it's more brutal. I don't, I'm not even sure. Like that, I I still suck at takedowns. Like I would be in big trouble with a takedown. Um, like single leg, a single leg takedown. Oh my god, it's disastrous every time. It's like I hate doing this because I suck at it so bad. Um, but uh, so I don't know. And I would suck under pressure, like to do the test like that. So. I don't know, but kudos to you guys because that test sounds absolutely brutal. <laughs> but if, <laughs> but if, it feels it feels so good though. It feels so yeah. good when it's done. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that would be incredible. And like that two on one, I can't even imagine like going for your test for your your brown belt. Like, wow, well, wow. What's What's funny? What's funny was um, the two on one portion was only like when I started training. It It was only at brown and black belt mm. and i think ah uh, was it i'm trying to remember when did he incorporate the two-on-ones for a purple belt uh, but I, I know it was before i got my purple belt um but yeah it was it was recently when the two-on-ones got incorporated into the the purple belt uh ranking but yeah once you because we we go over we like we we go over you know uh test prep you know, way before um, you actually test. So it's not like, you know, everything is going to be a surprise when you find out. But, you know, we'll have our classes where if some if someone is coming up on testing, we mm-hmm. like usually two, three weeks uh, before that person tests, those three classes are basically test prep. Oh, OK. For right. basically everybody. So it's like we'll have our you know, we have our self-defense class. We have our two on one class. We'll have our just our sports role class you know just leading up into that test to basically you know get everyone who's watching prepared for because they might be a uki so they just need to understand how everything goes and the person who's testing so they won't be you know get that stage fright when it's you know it's time to time to perform even though you still do but yeah that's super cool, though. I like that. And at least you do have the test prep. So I, I mean, I don't I think it's good to have the test, the test, the test and the, the our way. I think they all work in the end. I mean, we're all doing what we we're all doing what we all love to do. And we know that we're strong enough when we get into those like those higher up belts that we're doing what we should be doing. So um, but yeah, I think the testing would be interesting to go through. So thanks for sharing with that. I was kind of curious how the whole entire testing thing worked. Oh, no problem. No problem. No problem. I love to share share anything jujitsu related. <laughs> but um, if you got any other questions for me, you know, by all means, um, you know, I would love for you to, uh, if you got anything coming up, I know you say you don't compete, but if you got any events coming up for your school, um, you know, shout out your school and your coaches and everything. Um, but yeah, the floor is uh, yours. 
No, um, I mean, a big shout out to obviously Victory. I mean, they've been absolutely phenomenal to me. I train under Professor Shane Rice, who's who actually trained under the Gracies. He's been with Brooks and Gracie a couple of times and for a full year actually lived with them. So, I mean, a big shout out to my school for sure um, for being there with my with me for my journey. Um, for anybody who listens, if they're in the Halifax area, we're obviously trying to grow our women's group and I'd love to kind of meet you and I'd love to kind of share the sport with you. So, uh, if you're listening to this in Halifax, if it makes that that far, um, give me a ring and, uh, hopefully we can meet you, um, sometime, but, uh, that's pretty much all I got. Lamar, it's been an awesome hour to spend with you and, uh, been awesome just talking jujitsu. Yeah, it was definitely, I told you it was going to be very, very fun. It's gonna, you're going to enjoy <laughs> it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was awesome. So thanks so much for having me on your show, Lamar. It was uh, it was a great hour. Yes, 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 it was. But um, yeah, yeah, that's the end of today's episode. I would like to thank my guest Jacqueline again for coming on to the show. I really hope you enjoyed the tales of some of our experiences. Uh, please go and follow our Facebook and Instagram page to stay updated on all future episodes. This has been Talk Your Jits podcast. Keep rolling, keep grinding and remember, long live jujitsu. Have a great day.